0: I'm Laj. I'm Kohana, and And this this is Boiled Over. Over. Welcome back to another episode of Boiled Over.
1: You're now listening to our 11th episode, which is incredibly surreal for us. We started this podcast just as a fun side project and it's been really rewarding for us to see how this continues to grow
0: to mark this very special 11th episode we're sitting down with animator illustrator and cartoonist roman muradov roman is a brilliant artist from moscow and is currently based in new york city we know him for his gestural painterly illustrations and for his microfilms roman could you introduce yourself for us and tell us a little bit about the work you make
1: hi
2: i'm roman and uh, i I make all kinds of things and it changes all the time. Probably most known as an illustrator. I've also done some graphic novels. and uh, I've been getting into animation lately. And games. Oh. And uh, I won some awards. It makes me cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing.
0: Um, so, yeah, we definitely want to hear about all of those for sure. Just the awards. Um, (laughs) Just the awards. Just the accolades. (laughs) But, um, kind of just like, your general style and your visual work feels, you know, very hazy and gentle and, uh, like, absurd, for lack of a better word, but we're curious, um, you know, if you've always leaned into creating work that generates this kind of feeling and what compels you to this, like, visual medium that you work in. Um, I don't
2: know. I think, I think partially... Mm -hmm. and partially it just happens I think normally I would probably uh, yeah I mean many times I would start and try to do something very different than what I do Mm -hmm. and then I go well maybe this can be a little more boring this can be a a bit less Mm -hmm. saturated and then it ends up exactly the same (laughs) Uh, I think I just don't like sunshine I don't like bright happy things I like everything to be a bit muted and dull Mm. Uh, so it's kind of from yeah personal aesthetics but also it feels nicer to the eye yeah Yeah. i hear that i just don't like it and i'm not going in there oh this is going to be like the shoegaze of art (laughs) um, yeah i think it's pretty natural
1: right i see that but even in the work that you make that does feel more playful in nature like I'm thinking about that microfilm of the two frogs and the, and the cauldron <laughs> <laughs> like there's still ways that yeah. you know you find or I, I at least to someone like enjoying and watching it feel like very warm and like happy watching oh, um, this yeah, thing absolutely <laughs> yeah totally I mean it's I know so it's like depressing. ends in a <laughs> week, but they're so sweet it's hard I mean, not it. to be like oh.
2: but now so yeah the frog is the frog is good I, I feel like I've reached the point where I can look at it and be like, oh, "That's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do like it." Uh, well, what about? Yeah, I mean, it is very dreamy and hazy and whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Really rem- I have no memory how that effect happened. It was just part of the process along the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, you render and some right. You render and you render and you render and you know, two weeks later you got ten seconds. Uh, yeah. I think like definitely something I play a lot with in Blender is depth of field mm. and uh, and stepped interpolation. So that's something I'm like really obsessed with, particularly the latter. Right. Because uh, if some people do the kind of stop motion thing where it's like oh it's twelve frames per second, you know at most they would separate foreground and background, and I like, separate mm-hmm. everything. So. There would be like some leaves of grass and one of them would be at two frames per second and the other would oh, be at 20 frames so that creates a, like, a really confusing kind of jarring feeling mm. was that anything you like played around with before getting started in blender or was no that... no i mean as soon as i realized that you can do that mm. it was like getting the keys to the candy store I'm mm-hmm. oh, like I'm gonna lick every one of these lollipops and <laughs> <laughs> change their interpolation and lick them uh, yeah I, I, like, I don't know why more people don't do it no it creates mm-hmm. a really cool look I mean like it takes, takes and a and... lot of time right. right I mean if you're yeah. separating out every, all well, the well because it's also by that. all the axes so if you move something from uh, one point to another you can't right. just well I think you can like you need to create some actions and whatever but it's still a lot of tweaking. In
1: oh, wait, so if something in, like an object in the background was moving towards the foreground, if you were. Would the frame rate of that thing change for you, like when you're putting it together, or does it stay at the same?
2: Uh, I, I think the master frame rate is always 24, mm-hmm. but within the film, there's almost nothing at 24. Gotcha. <laughs> but they're also not in any consistency, so. Uh, yeah, I think I was talking to Nicola Menard, mm. you know him, He's, yeah, he yeah, did yeah. this brilliant film called Wednesdays with Godard. <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah, that was always like one of my favorite things anyone's ever made. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, I, and I, was, I think I was complaining to him about how I hated one thing that's too smooth and that, that interpolation that I... And he sort of explained all these principles of animating on 3s and 4s mm. I'm sure you know that <laughs> uh, To me, they was like, wow, there's Aww. words for that <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, and, and in 3D, people don't do that enough, I think uh, mm-hmm. I think nowadays people are kind of starting to do it Yeah, I think I also have like a very DIY attitude towards the whole thing like, mm. right, I just figure it out, I don't you know, watch hour-long tutorials to learn something. If I'm really stuck and I have no idea, then I might go on Discord or something. But usually I just kind of try to brute force it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I try to look at it, you know, the same way you would look at a piece of paper with a pencil, you know. You're not going to, like, find a tutorial on how to draw a horse. You're just going to draw a, uh, you know, a frog. (laughs) And um, you don't have to draw a horse. Uh, so for instance like the wood of frog ones mm-hmm. like the title and the letters you know uh-huh. well that's all in 3D <laughs> which Oh my God. God. Oh, Really? yeah which doesn't make sense but because it's positioned like a piece of paper and then another piece of paper like I would I did it in the same way that I would have done it 50 or 100 years ago Well, not 100 <laughs> Like in the you were doing multiple In the olden days when there would be like Literally a dude standing with a piece of paper and some other person slowly moving another bit of paper. Oh, yeah,
1: that's cool. I guess that also makes sense because there are moments, yeah, where like the text sort of interferes with the image and like yeah, things yeah. sort of. Well, you know the happen. same,
2: when you have two objects straight on top of each other and mm-hmm. they create that weird sort of glitch. Right. And there's a term for that and how you should avoid it. Well, I don't avoid that. If (laughs) you lean
1: right in. Yeah, I feel
0: like that's so... There's such a fun thing to work with in 3D is, like, the happy accidents that occur. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well... Yeah, I think... uh, I love Blender because it's kind of like playing with Legos. Yeah. You know, and I haven't done this in so long. And I think... Actually, I used to really love Legos. That state of flow Mm -hmm. with Blender is very similar to what I remember the child right. because i remember when <clears throat> we moved to moscow as refugees like it was just awful and everyone hated us but we had this one incredibly sweet neighbor who uh they were a much more affluent family and they sort of took pity on us and helped us a lot and and i remember they gave me like their their son grew up and they gave me their Lego sets and to me that was just you know it's like how is it even possible this is like something out of fantasy land uh because they were like important you can just buy them in russia you know so they like brought it from germany or something and this were old school legos because they had fucking pneumatic tubes
1: Wow. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> oh my god. And,
2: and all the things you can build are like industrial equipment. <laughs> like I don't think they do that anymore. But like I had a fucking tractor and some kind <laughs> of uh, engine. Uh, anyway, it was like really uh, hardcore nerdy stuff. Yeah. Like industrial like, Legos. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, it wasn't like I had Lego Harry Potter or something some kind of garbage that some people have <laughs> these days i had hardcore legos <laughs> but but i remember like i couldn't read different languages and i i didn't really know how to follow the instructions cause it was, mm-hmm. like, really young. but i remember just being lost for you know five hours just putting things on top of each other and like oh what happened if i put this there yeah. but with blender i get like into the same state where i can just sit for six hours and just adjust the lighting and frame mm-hmm. rates on specific things and it's just like an endless process that's like so fascinating
1: that's maybe the most beautiful way anyone has talked <laughs> about 3d uh, ever um quite possibly <laughs> but i i can appreciate but how I, that yeah, i mean like, like i use it
2: like a child you know just, i just i don't really learn properly but i mm-hmm. i do bang my head for a long time figuring out ways around what better way right. to experiment and get fun and interesting effects though? Yeah.
1: yeah. That's the that's the real play that's
2: happening. I mean I you know, I have I have a lot of respect for people who do all this experimentation like you know, like David O'Reilly stuff or mm. with those glitches that are like within the files or whatever. Right. Like I, I don't know how to do that. Uh so I just do it by hand to just like scale and right. <laughs> move and <laughs> change the camera so the blur is like not where it's supposed to be or whatever.
1: So all of the the things that sort of come across as like visual hiccups or glitches are like all sort of intentionally oh, yeah. keyed in that's, <laughs> that's so nice. Yeah.
2: No, it's, it's all planned. Wow. <laughs> I, mean, like, I mean, nothing is planned. Uh, that's another reason why I love it. Like I don't do storyboard, planning, mm. sketch. I just go into it like completely blind. It's like improvisational animation. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just, you're probably not supposed to do that, right? No, I don't think there I is think a you are 100% to, to, I think but, more
1: people should be doing that.
2: Yeah, I mean, like obviously if you're in a studio and you have a pipeline, then it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but, but I think I only like recently realized that you can put an image into Blender and, mm. and model over it. Right, I didn't know <laughs> you could do that. So yeah, so I would just kind of draw, do it from hand. Uh, but also, I feel like you know, things can get really stiff if you're sort of just tracing something, yeah, you know.
1: I was just wondering if we could, we could pivot maybe to talking about some of, some of your other work, uh, like your written work. Is there anything you can tell us about how, how that process got started, what that looks like for you, how it informs your visual style or, or the other way around?
2: Uh, yeah, I think writing has always been easier for me than drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so so when, when I was growing up in Russia, I wanted to be a translator. Mm-hmm. That seemed like the coolest thing it could be um <laughs> uh, but then my dad didn't like that idea. <laughs> yeah. so I became a petroleum engineer and uh but i I kind of like I never wrote for fun mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't a particularly big reader until like maybe mid mid twenties mm-hmm. um and then after I moved to America, uh, I kind of like started teaching myself. English, like, spoken English, Mm -hmm. because, you know, I had some fundamentals, but, like, I've never read a full English novel or something like that, Mm -hmm. or a book in English. Yeah, so I kind of, like, started writing just for practice, and then that became a thing, and um, it took me a really long time to sort of start sharing anything I've written in English, because I always had, like, that second language Complex, uh, wow, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't deserve to use it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I spent like ten years only writing English and not mm-hmm. Russian. And wow. recently, I started writing Russian again, and I realized that. Uh, wow! I have like a pretty unique. Set of circumstances that define the style, you know. So that's all there is.
1: Yeah.
2: Just coincidences. Oh, uh, but yeah. So. Anyway, to answer your question, uh, I usually start writing and then I figure out everything else. So like for my graphic novels, I don't really have those normal uh, thumbnail scripts that people do. I just write it like a novel and then I kind of like translate it, some of it into images. Uh, and with this, yeah, I mean for most of them, the ideas came from writing. So like the frog one was just a short story. Mm-hmm. and then and was that the text that ended up making it into yeah yeah okay The the like the one f- longest film that i did that was not that right that was just a complete chaotic mix like, <laughs> that was like, completely improvised from the beginning Whoa. like yeah but it also took more than a year because was just Taking it, leaving it, taking it, leaving it. Mm. Yeah,
1: Like something that you revisited. Sort yeah, of sort yeah.
2: Of it. yeah. Just constantly adding on to. Right. right. I mean, that was the idea. That, like, it can be as many things piled into it as I want. Originally, mm-hmm. it was just supposed to be just a bunch of numbers. Mm-hmm. And the numbers would correspond to this person's age. So there would be like a, a biography and one snippet from each year. Mm-hmm. And that's how it started, but then it completely derailed and became something totally different.
1: <laughs> I really <laughs> adored that like the, the tune that the numbers are read in is still should have stuck in my head. The what? Like, the, the tune that the numbers are like recited in and then the oh yeah. oh yeah. Well I should mention that also
2: like all the music and sound mm-hmm. were done by Dory Babarski, who is mm-hmm. also a brother of uh Neil Babarski. Oh, okay. he's a great illustrator. Mm. Uh, so he um, he wrote all the music and sound after I did the entire thing and completely rendered it
1: whoa yeah
2: and Um, how did you two get connected? well I know him through Niv I think we we hung out a few times in LA and uh, ate food (laughs) (laughs) as people do Uh, yeah I I mean I think he's something of a genius Uh, he just uh, I mean the, the speed at which he wrote all the music and for all the other things that I've done is pretty astonishing basically I would write him some notes you know like here I kind of imagine it might be uh, sort of an orchestra tuning in while in the background mm. there's like a cat in a washing machine whatever <laughs> so really, really un- unspecific notes uh, and then he would just do it Kind of exactly what i'm imagining wow. and then I had a lot of his own stuff um you know a few a month ago or two i like did a little game jam with a collaborator mm-hmm. um and so i sent that to him um even without before it was finished kind of just like basic description of what it is some screenshots and you know no pressure but we're doing this game jab on the weekend uh, if, if you can find some time today to put like a tiny tune Mm. And something like an hour or two later, he sent (laughs) (laughs) 10 layers of music.
1: Oh my god. And it was just like this
2: beautiful piano piece and like brass on top. And what? (laughs) And when we posted this thing, people, like several people wrote, there is there's no way anyone could have composed all this music in two days. And it was really just like an hour or two. Yeah.
1: do you work with them for for the sound on all of your
2: projects yeah so I mean? he does everything uh including voices mm-hmm. and um, it's just uh, i think like even if we even if we had some kind of paid relationship where i was just hiring him uh, i think i would still just sound him up when is done mm-hmm. because it's uh, i think he also like r- works really well on the constraints Mm. So, instead of planning everything perfectly and making sure there's like, this much time for this tune, I think forcing him to fit music into something that's already done,
1: right.
2: is uh, I think that really uh, is good for him. Yeah. <laughs> it I don't seems know, like it's I, worked out. You know, out. I like making people uncomfortable. Um, this sounds like just such a shitty way to work with a composer.
1: <laughs> just to be like, right here's the final yeah, thing.
2: I, like, I don't care if you think you need another five seconds for this tune. You're
1: not getting <laughs> it. <You'll have> to... <laughs>
2: um,
1: but I think in a lot of ways, to you're you're still you're giving like all the material finished right. to him, and I think there's there's something there too, and just that like, like they know exactly what you're intending to right. do. Like you know, if you start with like a sound designer at an earlier point there's just less material to
2: work with but you know also the, i don't do storyboards or i, I don't do big, right. i don't really <laughs> understand any of these things uh, i think if we were to work differently i think it would be interesting if i we would be sending things to each other on and off mm. and then see how the infants i just don't uh, putting music in the blender is so annoying
0: um so i guess you probably started working with sound um you know, when you started creating these shorts but um, when did you start doing animation um, when did you start you know working with sound and animation and uh, all of
2: these different things well yeah I guess I dabbled here and there it was just Photoshop uh, with Photoshop I was like, really into video layers for a while mm-hmm. and I would mm-hmm. animate everything with video layers you know? and people would go well you can't edit them and that's the point it's, <laughs> it's like paper uh, but worse, I guess <laughs> it's, it's proprietary. Anyway, uh, I guess in earnest when I started doing blender stuff. So I did like two, three loops
0: mm-hmm.
2: that were, you know, baby's first blend kind of stuff. <laughs> but... uh, I mean, looking at it now, is just embarrassing. But I also, yeah, I was just going through the tutorials. Yeah. yeah. But then I don't remember which one I saw. I'll, maybe I'll send it to Dory. Maybe he's also bored during pandemic. I think that's probably when it started. Oh, oh during really? the pandemic. Really? This, is, this reason... I think so, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. I don't know, I think like a little earlier and then... Actually, I have no memory. Time isn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and he put just something so cool that I thought, wow, this is, this is gonna work. And
0: do you remember which piece that
2: was? No. No. <laughs> Fantastic. It was great. <laughs> but then you know, I did this one that's about badger and trout. Mm-hmm. And it's like a dead badger that lies in the field, and there's there's a trout in his chest, uh-huh. and there's a there's an arrow that the the trout is stuck to the badger with a little note wobbling in the wind. So great when you describe your own work. <laughs> uh-huh. And they're they're talking, and 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 it's like a you know children's film. Within the realm of despair, you know, mm-hmm. it was just two dead animals talking to each other, and uh, one of them goes like, "What's your favorite cheese?" And the other says, "Grandmother cheese." And, uh, I think that, and so Dory took that and he did this like lovely little soundtrack, and he did all the voices in Yiddish. It was great. Uh, I don't know why. But, uh, <laughs> why not? Yeah, um, and then you know two days later he came up with like the theme song for Badger and Trout. Mm-hmm. This sort of imaginary TV show That I referenced And you know I used to do like this Little character on Instagram mm-hmm. And I was like ah, do you... Only in the 90s kids will remember You know the Badger and Trout theme song <laughs> so was like, Badger and Trout Badger and Trout One is a badger and the other is a trout <laughs> um, So he took that And he expanded it into like a full song With an Whoa. intro And that was just like Oh my God, <laughs> just took this throwaway thing that I posted on Instagram and made an actual thing out of it. Um, yeah, he's great. Um, I mean, working with him like, definitely motivated me to keep doing those loops because mm. I felt like, well, now I have a collaborator and I thought, well, I can't fall in the ground and wobble there. Uh, right. you know, it's nice to have peer pressure. Mm. Of course
1: peer pressure is good sometimes I don't and like, like, he if, sounds he
2: incredible. Was, if it was shitty then I wouldn't be like well I don't have to try hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, just meeting him where
1: he's at wow I mean he sounds remarkable yeah
2: he's, he's a great artist uh, but those loops were basically uh, kind of like what I did when I was doing 2D stuff early on I would just try to make every comic uh, in a different style. I would like try to exhaust as many styles as I could. Mm. So this was sort of that. Uh, And this was in Blender? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I was like, well, I'll just pick this random tutorial and I'll try to build something out of that.
1: Mm. So when you approach Blender and just 3d animation in general, especially like when you're starting out, um, I'm just curious because your your two D style or just when you draw is so so painterly and gestural, mm-hmm. and I'm just curious as to how you found like the transition into like creating three D worlds felt like. If, yeah, and I under you know I think the I love the the analogy with with Legos because it feels like this sort of in a similar way with like drawing by hand and sort of feeling out the page and having it right. look fairly you know. Pare down and just mark on a page that feels like what you're doing a lot in 3d but i'm just wondering how you found that that transition to feel i actually
2: remember why i started doing 3d mm-hmm. because my hand was hurting too much <laughs> <laughs> yeah i totally forgot that
1: oh man yeah went to, yeah
2: i went to a hand doctor and she was like wow well, you're probably gonna get those in a couple of years if you keep going Oy. and <laughs> And I was like, well, I'm an artist, what am I to do? And she was like, well, is there something else you can do? I like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? I uh, I don't know. I'm not a career counselor, go away. And she, she, she was fine. Um, but anyway, it scared me. And I thought, well, I can't, I can't keep doing that kind of thing that I did mm-hmm. in my 20s, just like drawing all day. Mm-hmm. And already, like, even in my early 30s, I started feeling just so tired. So now, uh, yeah, I got an ergonomic mouse, and, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, maybe I can like do some art making That that's just a mouse. Mm. And then someone told me that Blender is updated, and 2.8 came out. God bless 2.8. And I mean, that's, <laughs> that's like when I downloaded then I didn't touch it for five months. Mm. So I'm, you know, I'm pretty new to it. But I think, uh, you know, I came into it and was like mind-blowingly complicated and I just got completely lost and like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, what is this? Uh, then, I, yeah, I remember emailing Glander about it mm-hmm. and reading, like, what, what's the first thing they should do? What what tutorials? But yeah, he said, I mean, the one thing that he said was, I think, really uh, right was that uh, just, you know, do it and when you need something, just Google that. Mm. Uh, rather than doing like well what's the full tutorial on how to make right. a ship or whatever Right. you just start doing it and then when you hit a wall then you just google and then usually there is a specific tutorial about that and he's and right there is mm. <coughs> i mean not for everything but yeah uh so i kind of like started doing that and i think that's probably a, that was probably a good thing because that's probably how i developed a lot of my techniques Mm. Um, because I think back then tutorials they were they were kind of beginning to go crazy, but there weren't mm. as many as there are right now. Mm. So you could still like hardly find anything that's not just either mind-bogglingly irritating <laughs> or really uninformative. <laughs> you know, like five-minute tutorials about how to press a button or something. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, or like thirty-minute tutorials, and you really only need thirty seconds <sighs> out of
2: that. With like... to
1: scrub through.
2: Yeah. But also, like, the stuff that those people make is just so uninteresting. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to be a judgmental Janet about it, but, you know, it's like, they're all these things in one style.
0: And it's hard to, you know, watch these tutorials in this style and then learn in that style and then think about how not only can you even apply that to your own style, but then what your own style looks like after learning these skills in this other person's work.
2: Well, it's so much easier with 3D because... You know, if you copy like 30 artists, literally copy them, mm-hmm. then so much of it will be in your muscle memory, and you're like unconsciously will develop your style. Mm. With 3D, I had no idea how. to <laughs> so, start? But I think like even in the first few days I started using it, there was certain things that felt right and wrong. You know, mm. like the decimate function felt very right, <laughs> and then I was like, ooh, if I could move that you can get things that are like starting shaking and glitching and disappearing oh. you know so it's kind of like you just try out every button and something kind of feels like oh this is my button <laughs> it's made for me
1: um, trust the intuition
2: yeah so like as soon as I saw that what you can do with a combination of uh, stepped interpolation and noise mm. you know I was like oh my god this is everything I ever wanted. Um. Uh, and then you find like not the little thing, and then you combine them, and then you get a sense of style. Again, this is coming from someone who's been using 3D for maybe like, two years at most. No
1: one can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <No> <laughs> we're faking knows. it very well, Roman. Yeah, we're all, we're all convinced, Absolutely.
0: otherwise. Okay. Um, I, kind of going off of that, I, I do have a question about, um, your characters and, you know, your backgrounds, and I know you have touched on this a little bit, but a lot of the scenes in your 3D animations feel almost like miniatures, Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm curious, you know, like, your backgrounds feel so detailed yet, like, very simple at the same time, and I'm wondering, like, how you go about building these backgrounds and environments in which your characters
2: live? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think of them as miniatures. Um, I know that you are supposed to work at real life scale in Blender.
1: Really?
2: You heard that? I, some people say I, I like some people a say 3D that. Person. But, right. Usually, remake everything and then you scale it down. But I never did that. That actually makes sense to me. I don't know if it like does anything to the mm-hmm. rendering, but
1: mm-hmm.
2: I do use usually a two hundred millimeter camera, mm-hmm. so it makes everything really flat. Wow. Yeah. Um so that's something but then i think uh i don't know what was the question oh backgrounds and things and characters uh i don't know like i still don't know how to model a face (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i usually just start with a cube i subdivide it right away and then i start modeling with the subdivision on okay which i think is not normal no, but I love that technique. <laughs> but uh, but I think it allows for a lot of unexpected stuff because like you start extruding stuff and then suddenly you move one thing and then exposes another, and it's probably like if you were just doing it in proper low poly style, then you'd probably get a much cleaner result, but you wouldn't get those sort of accidental deformations and whatever. Less Roman.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um and yeah and then so like for your backgrounds, kind of the same thing or like how do you go about uh, building building up these yeah. I mean
2: I yeah. I'm not even so much miniature as kind of stage like Oh right like, yeah I would say yeah I just want everything to look really flat and dull you know just dead on camera like Ozu you know, mm. you know I, mean, I haven't seen a lot of I'm mean, like really not a film buff but all the older stuff was just I just love the way he puts those cameras really low. Yeah, right. you sort yeah. of feel
1: the ceiling of the film the entire
2: By time it, as you right. Yeah, the Tommy shot, I think it's called. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah I, I think that that kind of stuff, and then the backgrounds. Uh, what are the backgrounds? Just walls, right? Yeah, I'm thinking of like I don't know that like one, little like loop you did of someone in a bathroom. Oh yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> I mean that one so that one i was really looking at this uh, stop-motion film called this magnificent cake Mm -hmm. i don't think i know that oh my god it's a masterpiece uh they also did another one called oh willie that's on vimeo oh my gosh yes it's all handmade out of fountain it's just so beautiful uh this magnificent cake is also just horrific and bleak (laughs) and it's uh, yeah, it's like a really moving, very strange film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like one of the best animation I've ever seen. Wow. Uh, okay. So we <laughs> yeah, do we noted? <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I think it's like It, it is about you know colonialism and how bad it is, but it didn't feel like a just a, a message. You know? it mm-hmm. was like a very strange, surreal exp- exploration of a story that normally would be told in a really straightforward way
1: mm-hmm. you
2: know and i think it, what's remarkable about it is that it's still very human and warm despite being like pretty experimental in its mm-hmm. approach like it's very fragmented um you watch and like well, what was that uh, i don't have no idea what they were trying to say which is great
1: mm. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> but yeah i want to get better at backgrounds
1: mm-hmm. check we'll check that
2: film out for sure yeah oh yeah well i mean the backgrounds in that one is just unbelievable and they are all built by hand and you can Mm -hmm. you can never imitate that completely
0: that one in particular did feel very hand-built yeah like in 3d i think which is you know why it was stuck in my mind i (laughs) I, I know there are people
2: who do that really well in blender like harry oh harry yeah yeah Yeah. uh yeah and he's also been like really helpful to me um uh, I would harass him every now and then with <laughs> for tips yeah. and tricks uh, but he's yeah I mean he's the person I learned from I think on his Patreon he had like five tips to make your renders better and one of them was use a 200mm camera and do things oh. at small scale uh, which a scale part I haven't actually implemented and, mm. uh, yeah he's really smart and very talented and he's mm. like Ten years younger than me, just just infuriating. <laughs> I think maybe maybe fifteen, actually. Yeah, uh, he's a baby genius.
1: <laughs> he's doing it.
2: Um, I guess just
0: hopping a little bit backwards into your most recent film, um, some of my favorite numbers. Well, the only film. Um, well, I guess your only full frog. film. Yeah, yeah. we have some micro films, right. you know, here and there, but. Um, Recently made it into Picto Plasma and the Tokyo International Short Film Festival, among others. Um, so you know, congratulations about that. That's pretty huge, um, especially for your what you're calling your first film. Um, so what was the process like for you know? I know you've kind of talked about like what, how you went about making this in the first place, but um, where did you know all of the inspiration for this come from? And what's it been like submitting to
2: these festivals? Uh, yeah, I mean, in the beginning, it was like an attempt to do lots of short things in a in a bigger thing, mm-hmm. and then the thought was if one scene doesn't work, you can just scrap it. Um, I was also doing everything on the MacBook, which mm-hmm. you really shouldn't do, and work. it was like, crashing so much. Hey. I was just like in tears by the end. Oh. It would take two nights nice to render one scene, uh, and you know, and I render oh. everything as like that twelve cycles. Usually just the low setting and it was still nice so Nice and noisy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole denoising thing like, just pisses me off so much. Oh, we love noise. Yeah. I mean, the denoising... I don't know. It's just offensive to me.
0: <laughs> and then we post to Instagram or something and it gets rid of all
2: the noise. Oh, well, yeah. It's like <sighs> <does laughs> horrible effect that everything just becomes hard. I mean, this is probably going to happen whenever they scream it. But yeah, I mean, Pick Plasma is the one that I oh, I guess I should keep doing this. <laughs> uh, you know, you you make something and it seems like, oh, cool, I guess I learned. Mm-hmm. But you don't really know if it's objectively good. You know, uh, obviously, no one can tell. Um, but yeah, I, I won't lie. It definitely felt encouraging. Mm-hmm. And I definitely like was waiting uh, with some anticipation for the pictoplasma one because I felt mm-hmm. like if they take me, then, you know, I guess it wasn't just a complete experiment. Mm. But normally, like, I don't really care about what other people think. Mm. But, you know, I'm just it is a dumb human sure. <laughs> animal that needs to be validated. So, what can I do? Even, you know, you want to be that cool guy like Marcus Smith from The Fall. You just like, not give a shit. Just right. do your own thing, okay. zero fucks for everything. But it's hard. <laughs> we're only human at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> no, I we're can't not wait a... to consent. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> it's you coming. <laughs> Our time is coming. Yes. <laughs> but you know, we're never, we're never creating anything in a box. Like It's always It's nice to have uh, other people... In a cube. Yeah, in a yeah. cube. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm wondering if we can talk a little bit about 8 Loops. Um, like, what was that project like to work on? How did it come about into full fruition? How do you use loops in your animated work?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was basically what I did as a learning experience for Blender. Mm. So that was my internship to myself. And we'll <laughs> really be to, you know, to do something different. I don't know why loops, actually. I think it just started as a loop and then it continued as a loop. Mm-hmm. And I think Dory also enjoyed making music that kind of goes endlessly right mm. and, uh, oh. and he's tried like, a lot of different things so they're, like, they're they're very different some of them are it's little music and mostly sound effects mm. like for each loop yeah yeah, yeah. Um, then i also did like this instagram filters at the same time mm. so it was just trying to make those tiny models and things and yeah the loops uh you know those some of them the ones that I find least interesting were the ones that, like, really blew up. Mm. There was one in the urinal, or urinal, in mm-hmm. the toilet, <laughs> uh, that people were just, like, kind of traumatized by. <laughs> um, the, yeah, I mean, people find that one very strange and funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was completely improvised. Um, yeah. Uh, so it wasn't a good idea, I'm going to make eight loops. And mm-hmm. I made more than eight. Eight is just the nicer ones. Mm. Um, and then I thought, well, we should uh, put together like the best ones we did in a year and make make it a film. So I guess that's another film that I have. Yeah. That's sort of. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, no, that totally qualifies. That yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're like a little too different, probably. So if I, if I did a proper conceptual project, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have one that has a dialogue in it and the other that doesn't... Mm-hmm. I would do something more like consistent and whatnot. So that was just stuff thrown together. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. But, you know, I have uh, another reason why I started animating is because I had like this several story and book ideas that have been lying around for more than five years. Mm-hmm. and there's one book that i tried to start like three or four times and every time it would just not feel right mm-hmm. and then i remember like lying in the middle of the day and staring at the ceiling as i do every day <laughs> and i imagined it as a kind of like stop motion dull performance you, mm-hmm. know, you know with little strings and everything and I was uh-huh. like, oh this would be so much cooler and i thought well you know, I'm not gonna do that because <laughs> that involves working with other people, finding like, funding, and having a mm-hmm. scene. It. It's like wow, yeah. yeah. And it's the same way. Like I always wanted to do comedy or uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like stand up or a sitcom or whatever. But I have no idea how to do that. So, mm-hmm. uh, graphic novel will be like a version of that. Mm-hmm. Right? That one person can do, and so here animation is also like a theater performance that I can put alone,
1: mm.
2: put out. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, a fully. So I look.
2: Like, I really want to do that story. Yeah, uh, that's been lying on the back burner. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's all right, <laughs> um, and I think that would be like the next longer thing that I would try to do. Mm. but that know I mean, that one's a little crazy because it has like the screen has to split in two and there's two rows of subtitles um, it's like more aggressively experimental. and not doing the subtitles in 3D <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> definitely not <laughs> but like the amount of coordination the amount of work I would have to put into it is kind of insane
1: at what stage would you say this is well
2: there's the script that's it mm. Like there's no models nothing the only good thing is there's almost no background Mm -hmm. because it like it's supposed to be like a stage thing Mm -hmm. okay yeah so that might make it easier (laughs) so if this is your
0: next large-scale project um or is there anything that you can talk
2: about uh that you're working on right now or plan to work on more short term uh i mean today i booted blender for the first time in several months
1: nice i don't know (laughs) always a good
2: first step yeah (laughs) And it was nice to remember that I hadn't completely forgotten everything. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I switched to PC, so it, it took me a while to set everything up. Mm. But anyway, so now, uh, now I'm on it. After rendering on the MacBook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was like why I took that really long break, because it was just like really not fun. Mm. I wanted to do an episode with Jeopardy. Because I never watched uh-huh. Jeopardy. Uh-huh. And then he died, and it was sad. Um, and then I just. So I'll do a Jeopardy episode. Without having seen Jeopardy still?
1: No, I mean, I, I saw some <laughs>
2: clips of it. But like so far, I've recreated the board. Uh-huh. I, mean, I spent the whole day today. So there's just a, like a rectangle and a text on top. And I spent probably five or six hours just on that. <laughs> um, really because it's like, well, I don't have the animation here, but... You know when it's out you'll see that there are subtle variations on that text which makes it kind of look like a vhs okay but not you know i mean that's the the reason why i think me doing things in this barbaric fashion is actually good because uh you can just download some kind of vhs plugin for after effects you know and then you will get something that looks right but here i'm just playing with all these like really basic functions, just like number of cycles, depth of field, noise, whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, and creating artifacts and things. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, yeah, not, like so. I'm scratch. not like trying to make it look like eighties. I'm just mm-hmm. kind of trying to make it as shitty as possible while still being discernible.
1: Right.
2: Uh, but you know, not in like a total trash way. <laughs> but yeah.
1: In a very tasteful way.
2: But, it's, trash. but you know like it was just so fun to animate the yeah. uh, bubble popping mm. and then i came up with some stupid categories anyway the whole thing will probably <laughs> be like 10 seconds long it'll probably be just one question mm. but you know i like i have no idea what i'm gonna do for the people i'm thinking it could be interesting to have like a a square with just a photograph of Alex Trebek on the top. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like wrapped or over. Just a graph yeah, A sphere could be pretty great. I yeah, just, just, just I
2: can see it now. But I wanna make it vapor wave because like everything's been down there. Yeah, mm-hmm. it has to be something else. Uh but yeah, I have no idea what it will be. And I guess I wanna probably do another two, three really short kind of microfilms like the frog one. because mm-hmm. um, I still Need to feel like a little more confident I think, mm. and after that, I would like to do some short ish films, like maybe thirty seconds mm-hmm. okay and then 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 do that long one, so build your way up to it well, yeah, I mean, because I, you know it's the old truth that you shouldn't start with anything big All right mm. yeah, I mean it would be amazing if I had like people to help me, and I guess I could just pay them out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. But also I need everything to be just so. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's
0: like, so um, I don't yeah. trust anyone. This trouble of being an independent animator is yeah. like yeah, that giving your baby, to have complete control.
1: Yeah. It's a pretty all-consuming thing. And I feel like especially yeah. when you're when you're being as deliberate as you are with like even just the way that the the, the camera is yeah. affecting and sort of interacting with the image it's hard to hand that off to trust that another person can can take it on but i feel like if you ever needed the help people would be it
2: especially things like rigging you know, mm. we were talking talk about like I. you i just hate things that are uh, I'll, I'll do no, i'll do no your dirty work, work, work. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem, because it's not creative. You just need to put the right bone in the right place, and mm. name it, and symmetrize. And like, oh my god, shut up. I'm here for it.
1: <laughs> I think that's... On that yeah. note... Um, yeah i think we i think those were all of our yeah we've been asking um
0: our past few interviewees um and i know you don't maybe necessarily think of yourself as an animator quite yet but um you know i i think we certainly do um and you know everyone listening probably does (laughs) but um you know if if you were to have one piece of advice that you would give off to anyone you know aspiring to be an animator learning animation learning blender for example um what would that piece of advice
2: be? Yeah, probably do it yourself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't go to schools. Yeah. Uh, You know, do look at some tutorials, but also don't follow them. Just, you know, learn the technical stuff, but just do the stuff yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look at things outside your area. I think that's probably Mm -hmm. the most important artistic advice I can give to anyone. And like, read more than you make mm. and read things that don't make sense together just yeah consume as many different things as you can
1: mm.
2: I want to say something like it's more important to be a good reader than a good writer
1: because
2: mm-hmm. you, know, you can be a good um, reader and not and a bad writer and you can be a, a good reader and a good writer but you can't be a good writer and a bad reader.
1: Mm. Yeah,
2: put that on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> this is my Oscar Wilde moment. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's a good, it's a good one.
2: <laughs> it's a little long, but
1: no. <laughs> the the engraver will have a sore know. wrist, but I think it'll be it'll be worth yeah. it.
2: Yeah. All right. I guess I'm an animator starting today.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, cool. you are. You That's absolutely cool. are.
2: I I don't you know. I think it's I just uh, never feel totally confident with anything I do mm. but I think it's good <laughs> it always always it's like uh, you know, uh, what's his name John Banville, the writer, he said something like knowing what you do is death mm. uh, this is so true like as soon as you feel confident in something, you just need to change pick something else Yeah. Mm. Like, but then you're just being kind of the mediocre version of yourself mm. when you could have been inventing And it's better to have, like, a a shitty, interesting thing than a perfect
1: dull one. Yeah. Mm
2: Yeah. That is... On that bombshell.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent advice to close on. Thank um... you so much,
2: Roman. Yeah, no, thank you. That That was was been of joy. (laughs) joy.
1: (laughs) We'll be right back after this.
0: listening to Jubilation 1 by Emmett Cello from Full Color Sound Records. Dory Bavarsky makes music. He might even be doing so right now. No way to know. What is known is that he's written music for several of Roman Muradov's short animations. He's also composed for TV and film, including some Cartoon Network animations like Pops and Branwell. Recently, in a collaboration with his brother, the illustrator and musician Neve Bavarsky, he scored an episode of Adventure Time, Distant Lands, Wizard City.
1: We also know that Dory produces full-color sound records, a label that presents the music of Emmett Zello, Wendy Valley, G. Weller, Oliver Hedgerow, Moisey Rabbit, Hazy Esther, and others. Dory has assured us that while some of these names may seem fictional, their music is most certainly real.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Boiled Over.
1: We have some more very exciting interviews coming up that we can't wait to share with you all very soon.
0: And with that, we'll see you next time on Boiled Boiled Over. Over.